Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and Assistant Women's Director of Canacuck K1, Beth Ann Lampley. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. I know I caught you off guard because usually Joe's sitting over there, but I brought Beth Ann, one of my my best friends um, and a great leader because we're talking leadership today. And uh, Beth Ann and I, we've been teammates for a while, six years. We were in the trenches together. The trenches. It was so fun. The great six to years. And so Beth Ann, we're going to partner together and we actually moved Joe over from the co-host seat into the guest slot. That's right. He's in the hot seat. He is in the hot seat. Oh, how the tables have turned. Um, We've got a great show for you this week, and we're talking about Christian leadership. So we brought in the big dog, Joe White. And specifically, we're going to do kind of a special series. It'll be a a six-part series. The first episode of every month of the Canacuck podcast is going to be a part of this leadership series. Joe is in the process of writing a book, Spirit Leader, and Joe's been passionate about leadership um, for for decades now and has created a culture here. In fact, our mission is to develop dynamic Christian leaders. That's what we're all about. And so Joe is, uh, he's going to bring, I think, what is going to be a real challenging and inspiring uh, series to us. Joe, Talk to us about the spirit leader. Yeah, Shay, thank you. It's such an important uh, topic, uh, not just to talk about, but to live out for every follower of Christ. Um, you know, when Christ calls you, he calls you to lead. He doesn't call you to follow. But, you know, follow him and then lead like him. That's our calling as Christians. And, you know, after raising teenagers uh, and all the challenges, you know, that goes on in the public school world, the private school world, and even the homeschool world, uh, so important for uh, kids to to listen to this podcast and to know how they are called to be a leader in their school and with their friends and on social media, et cetera. And then such an important, especially as a single woman or a single man, begins to venture uh, through the university system, perhaps, or the trade school system, or or through uh, their your professional life, uh, and you know how do I lead my peers well? How do I lead my company well? And then for for parents, oh my, uh, the the mom in the family, you know how do I as the executive director of my household? How do I lead my children well? And for men, how do I lead my my home well? How do I lead my wife well? How do I lead my children well? Most important leadership calling ever. And then, of course, in the business world, the ministry world, with our uh, peers in the business and ministry and with our flock in the business or ministry, how do I lead like Jesus led? So wherever you are, whatever walk you are, as a called leader, how do we do that at our best and highest and most Christ-honoring level? That's awesome, Joe. Um, You have been gathering gobs of research on this topic of Christian leadership. So just tell us, why are you so passionate about this topic? Well, Bethan, looking at you uh, and just the way you lead so well, my oh my, how you lead your team at K1. And Shay, 
you know, one of the one of the best leaders that, you know, honestly, I've ever met in my life. Um, I, you know, I, I love that you, you, you know, you say the word gobs. I don't know if you got that from your, you know, your country upbringing or what? I am from Mississippi, Joe. Gobs. Okay. There's well, gobs, we, all kinds of stuff down there. <laughs> but yeah, as, as Shay said, uh, my commitment to, to leadership, you know, living it, teaching it, you know, best I can modeling it. Uh, is, is, is our camp uh, philosophy, as Shay said, is we do everything to build next generation Christian leaders uh, in our company. And I mean, everything we do around here is to build as eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, 16-year-olds, our staff, our leadership teams. How do we develop next generation Christian leaders, biblical leaders who will go out from camp and lead this nation and this world? Coach, you're, you know, you've said inside conversations that the spirit leader truly is, it's the DNA of leadership. What is it in your mind that makes up a great leader? What are kind of those core components? Well, Jay, first of all, is I write, and I love to write, I'm, I, I write a book about every year or two. Um, you know, I get these urges and I feel like they're from the Lord in my heart and I can't not write about them and I can't not teach them to our team. Um, but, but the spirit leader is getting leadership on the bottom shelf where the cows can graze on the hay, as my daddy used to say. Um, and, and then bringing leadership through the lens of Jesus, seeing leadership through the, the, uh, the writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the greatest books ever written about the greatest leader who ever lived. And as, as I read and as you read from this broadcast own those four great books and you put on the lens of Jesus as a leader, how do you see Matthew writing about this incredible and comparable man as a leader in the things that he did? And it'll make the gospels come alive to you in a whole different way. And, and listeners, what you'll find as you do this seeing Jesus as a leader through the gospel accounts, you'll begin to embody those same qualities yourself. Wow, Jesus, you know, is a leader. And you see it in mathematics and drama and science and arts and everything else. Pascal, you know, the greatest mathematicians who ever lived, said Jesus is definitely the God of men Apart from Jesus, there's only darkness, destruction, death, and sin, and misery. And, and in, you know, military history through the years, I was reading about Napoleon recently, uh, you know, who said that everything in Christ astonishes me. <laughs> These are the words of Napoleon Bonaparte, the great French icon. He said, uh, his will overawes me, his spirit confounds me. And then uh, in, even in, um, in politics, I was reading about Washington recently as he was speaking, and he said the most important thing you can do is learn the teachings of Jesus Christ. And Abraham Lincoln said, you know, the, the Bible is God's greatest gift to men. <laughs> and the man that we know as give me liberty or give me death. Everybody knows Patrick Henry's quote. In those days, he, were, he was more famous for saying, the Bible is the best book that has ever been written or will be written. I'm a fan of Ben Carson, one of the, one of the leaders of our nation. As, as Ben said, when I asked uh, him through a friend what had defined Jesus as a leader, and he said, when I remember, and I have a hard decision to make, 
that Jesus is my role model, he said the decision becomes perfectly clear. And so throughout history of our nation and our world, you see Christ, the astonishing leader, coming to the forefront of other great leaders' minds. That's Shay, how important the context of what I'm trying to bring out in this book is. That's awesome, Joe. And there really is no greater example of leadership than Jesus. So love that you bring all those points up. Um, I'd be interested to hear, Joe, you've been a student of leadership for over 50 years. You're doing all of this research currently and writing this new book on Christian leadership. What are you finding, all that you're reading and learning and researching, what is sticking out to you the most? Beth Ann is an old, broken down, you know, guy with no legs and, you know, looks like I ought to be, you know, somewhere out in the pasture. Um, I learn I learn something about leadership every day. As a grandpa, you know, I'm I'm in it with my grandkids. I'm in it. And I memorize scripture with them and we have deep talks about issues in their life and about the Lord. And and as a dad continuing to be a good encourager to my grown children. And then as, you know, kind of this whole Canicook family that I'm involved with, I'm learning every day. Um and and you know what I'm really learning in the last decade of my life is how great it is as a leader, even as a parent of children, if you're in that shoe, or even in uh, you know in your young single life, or even as a as a high school kid out there on a high school campus, that the greatest part of leadership that I'm learning is watching others succeed. It's so much more fun. <laughs> to coach others in, in leadership than it is to, uh, to do it yourself. And the other thing I'm learning that is so exciting around here at Kennecook Land and as a family guy um, is, is how important it is for the team to win. You know, we believe it here at Kennecook Land. It's the team, it's the team, it's the team that wins. And we hire team builders we don't hire individual stars. We hire team builders. And we train and teach team leaders around here. I was just reading yesterday about Mia Hamm, probably the greatest soccer player that ever lived, male or female, uh, you know, Olympic gold medal after gold medal. And she said resolutely as she plays soccer, uh, I am a member of a team and I rely on the team. I defer to sacrifice for the team. Because the team, not the individual, is the ultimate champion. And then I was reflecting last night on a buddy of mine, Steve Loney, who recently coached the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, and uh, they're, uh, they're all pro tight end. And, and, I, and, and, and I referred back to the first year of Dak Prescott and the first year of Ezekiel, when they were like, rookies of the year, all pro. Um, I, said, T, I said, Steve, I know the line does it. I know it ain't about Ezekiel, it ain't about Dak. It's about it's about the, the offensive line that you're coaching. I said, you guys are making those guys look like rock stars. And he and he humbly said, he said, the Dallas Cowboy offensive line realizes that no one is successful unless all six members of the offensive line are successful. He said, we realize that the success the Dallas Cowboys rests on our shoulders as a team. And that, Beth Ann, may be the most valuable lessons of leadership I've ever learned in my life. Hmm. Joe, if you're going to construct or build 
a model leader, and obviously you're doing that off the example of Christ. How would you how would you package that together? I know you've been studying. You've come up with an acronym to help lay that out. Um, how would you build that leader? Well, Shay, as I was reading through, you know, Matthew again for the 150th time, and I, and I learned from my mentor, Dr. Howard Hendricks, years ago. Every time you go into a passage of scripture, read it like a love letter, and then read it like the first time. And so as those filters, you know, are on me when I open up the Bible, I go in there like I've never been there before, and I go in there going, man, this is, a, this is an incredible opportunity to, to, to fall in love with Jesus again and to let God, you know, be my first love in my life. And so I was going into Matthew, and I began to see Jesus as a leader. And as I said before, wow, what a lens to put on your reading of the four Gospels. But I saw, I saw a little acronym because I saw Jesus as a driven guy, as all leaders are, because we're all motivating ourselves and others to achieve a goal, to motivate your children to achieve a goal of being Christ-like in their school, to take your sorority and fraternity with a, with a drive, with a goal of building more of a Christian fraternity or sorority or college team to take your company as a young professional or as an older professional, as a manager, as a director, as a leader, as a, a rookie, to, to, to bring a motivation to your team to be more Christ-like in the way we treat our customers and our partners and our teammates. And so I saw Christ with, with the D-R-I-V-E of the emotion of, of, of his leadership. And I, and I saw, first of all, his devotion. And then I saw... Is, is, is incredible, you know, relationship ability. And then I saw the way he took the initiative to lead, and I saw his vision, and I saw his empowerment, that he always was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so, Shay and B.A., uh, I get so excited about this, I can't stand myself. But I saw in Christ, you know, three levels of devotion as you lead out there. Uh, first of all is the devotion of the wedding vows. You know, hey, I do, I do, I do. And 50% of those end up in divorce, unfortunately. And I saw the devotion of friends on social media and whatever, uh, you know, and everybody's got dozens and dozens. Um, and I saw the devotion of lukewarm Christians who are in it. And then, but then I saw a second level of devotion in Christ. And I see a second level of devotion in great leaders. And that is called relentless devotion. And relentless devotion, husbands, wives, students, professional leaders, ministers, is a devotion that never, ever, ever, ever quits. It's 100% devoted to your mission and to your men and your women every day. And then I saw in Christ alone, passionate devotion. I went to Webster's, and it says that passion is the sufferings of Christ from the upper room to the cross. Passion is not, I'm passionate about you, I'm passionate about love, I'm passionate about this subject or whatever. We don't know passion. Only the martyrs and the apostles who were martyred for their faith in Christ, and only Jesus knows passion, because that means you go out and die for what you believe in and what you're leading. But in the relentless devotion that all of us can model in our leadership, a never-ever-quit devotion. It's a devotion to your Father in heaven that you see in Jesus. 
It's a devotion for your mission to which you've been called in your high school, college, or professional life. It's a devotion to your team. And then, Shay, in the area of relationships. Yes, there's relationships, and we all have several or many. And most of them, honestly, end up pretty shallow. But then there's friendships where you invest in one of your relationships. But then the greatest level of relationships is discipleship. I call it the paradise of planet Earth. You know, when when you're discipling with someone, it's better than Hawaii. (laughs) It's better than Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. It's better than going to the Niagara Falls grandeur, you know, or the seven wonders of the world. It is the finest place you can be when you're investing in someone else with the Bible in the middle of that relationship. That's what Jesus did. That's the highest form of leadership if, with people. And then I saw Christ showing the initiative. Oh, my, how many of us as parents and professionals and students just kind of kick back and chill out, as we say, <laughs> in one of our neighboring companies, they call it liming, <laughs> just kind of liming around. Shay and I work at, at, at BA with the with the with kind of the new generation, and boy, liming around and chilling out and not really committed, you know, not really stepping in, is kind of the way this new generation is more than any I've ever seen before. And yet, in Christ leadership, He stepped into everything. He stepped into relationships throughout His life. And I mean, he stepped in deeply in relationships. He stepped into needs. If someone was sick, he stepped into their lives and and emotionally healed them and physically healed them. And that passion is still alive today, by the way, in men and women who follow him. And then he stepped into his mission. Wow, Satan comes in, you know, early in his life, just after he's baptized, and he, he goes, hey, Jesus, take a shortcut. I'll make you famous. I'll make you successful. Just turn this bread into stone. Just go to the temple and, and jump off and show how great you are. And all you got to do is kind of worship me. And Christ said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> he said, I've got a mission. And yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. I've got to build in the lives of men for three years. And I've got to go to the cross and carry that cross up the hill of Golgotha. There's no shortcuts to great leadership that lasts forever. Get behind me. Boy, what did he have initiative, Beth Ann and Shea? Wow. And then Christ had vision. A great leader sees the big picture. In your professional life, when you're making a decision, you're asking, how would Christ make this decision? And you're asking, What will matter most in five years? What decision will be the most effective for our company in five years, in 10 years? The leader sees the big picture, but he also had a vision for his men. Shay, you know, and Beth Ann is athletes. A great coach doesn't coach seniors well. He or she coaches freshmen well. He or she coaches the high school recruits well. In the first conversation, the great leader sees them not as they are, but he sees them as they will become. 
Christ saw Peter as he fell and fell and fell and fell as one of the leaders of the faith as Christ would be crucified and resurrected on the third day. I love that about Jesus. He saw how you could become leaders out there. <laughs> it's not that your children are falling on their face. It's seeing them as they will be one day. At Kennecook, we have a philosophy. I'm going to believe in you until you believe in yourself. <laughs> and I'm going to speak vision into your life until you begin to become that person that I see in you. And it happens every day on Kennecook Hill. And then lastly, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I have fallen on my face so many times being impulsive and taking off on an idea as this company knows me well. But by the grace of God, when Christ is the empowerment of what we do around here, wow, how ideas have taken off and built, uh, you know, wonderful memories. And he gets all the glory, trust me, for the things he's done, you know, over the last 50 years at Kennecook Land. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, that makes a great leader. Joe, what a great setup for this upcoming series. Beth Ann, I'm gonna I wanna toss it over to you um, briefly before we close. There may be folks sitting out there and have listened to Joe's in, just impassioned overview of of what a spirit leader looks like. But what do you say to the person who is saying to themselves, I'm not a leader, this doesn't apply to me? Yeah, exactly. Well, so many questions are even being stirred up in me as I get to hear Joe just passionately share about this. And, you know, first I want to say, Joe isn't just assuming these things about Jesus, but we get to read them in his word, um, which is just amazing. But I would say to that person that says, I'm not a leader. It's not my spiritual gift. Um, you have been made in the image of God. Um, and you have intrinsic value. And like Joe said about the empowerment, you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. So because of that, because you've been given the Holy Spirit, because you've been made in the image of God, you are a Christian leader and leaders are going to look different. I think that's what we have to remember. Most people assume leaders are up front. They're the loudest. They have the biggest following. Um, but God has given us each a sphere of influence. And so I would say, own your sphere of influence and don't just believe in yourself, believe in the God who is in you. The Holy Spirit has come to dwell among us. God has made his home within us. And only because of that, we're able to be leaders. That's right. In this secular broken world, if you choose to follow Jesus, you're going to be swimming upstream and you have to be a leader. You have to be set apart. Join us next month as we dive deeper into the devotion of a spirit leader. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership. With that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today, and I just want to pray um, confidence into our listeners that they would know in their heart that, that I am chosen, that I am set apart that I am an alien and stranger in a foreign land and I should look different. Because I believe in Jesus, therefore I am a leader. I pray that they would be emboldened in that truth, God, and I want to ask God that, that this message today would feed that desire and the understanding of what it looks like in their life today practically. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Thank you.